0: Trucking News is live with the latest news and issues from across the trucking world. Road Dog Trucking News. And live indeed we are. Good afternoon, drivers. Welcome to the Independence Day edition of Road Dog Trucking News here on Sirius XM Channel 146. Very happy to be sitting here in Studio T6 in a very warm Washington, D.C., very, very warm along much of the East Coast. And we'll talk about the weather, of course, at 20 and 50 every hour, as we always do here on Road Dog Trucking News. My name is Dan Ronan, filling in for my friend Mark Willis, who has the day off today and spending it with his family on the 4th of July. And glad to be with you, drivers. Drivers, the number to call, as always, is 1-888-8762. 2336 again that's 1888876 Two three three six is the number. We're taking your phone calls this afternoon. Two great guests lined up with us today too, and we are going to have a lot to discuss. In the first hour, our guest is the CEO and president of Creek Carrier, Tim Ashkoff. He is going to be joining us on the line from Nebraska. In the second hour, Greg Morrison, a reporter who studies and is one of the most authoritative people in the country concerning autonomous vehicles. Greg will be with us in the second hour of the program, and as I said, a live program here on Sirius XM Radio. Channel One Forty Six, and the number to call is one eight 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 seven six two three three six. As Mark Willis likes to say, this is indeed a news program. So we try to bring the newsmakers to you. Try to keep you up to date on some of the very interesting and important things that are taking place in the trucking industry. Again, glad to have you with us on this live program on Independence Day the 243rd birthday, I believe this is, of our nation, and here we are here in Washington, D.C. I'm the Associate Editor for News at Transport Topics in Washington, D.C. TTNews.com is where you can see a lot of the work that I do as a reporter and as a writer, and you can go there anytime and take a look at that as well. We welcome to our microphones at five minutes after the hour of 2 o'clock Eastern Time, Tim Ashkoff, the President and CEO of Creek Carrier out in Nebraska. Tim, glad to have you on the program, and thanks for joining us on Independence Day. Tim, glad to have you on the program, and welcome to uh, welcome to SiriusXM.
1: Great to be on the show again on this uh, holiday. I enjoy spending the holidays with you, and happy Independence Day to everybody. Happy independence to you and to everybody out in Nebraska and
0: everybody who is out driving a truck today and uh, delivering goods and doing what has to be done in terms of getting items to and from storages, from intermodal facilities, whatever it happens to be. Hey, Trim, I want to start the the broadcast off with uh, just talking with you before we get into the real trucking issues. I had seen when we chatted the other day, you had told me that uh, you had recently made a trip to Normandy. And of course, D-Day has passed. It was a little more than a month ago. But uh, tell me, if you would, just some of the things that took place on your visit to Normandy and uh, what you came away from after visiting that, uh, that holy site where so many men and women died defending our freedom.
1: Yes, I was very fortunate to be a, a chaperone of my uh, high school daughter's class, and uh, you know, very fortunate that they were able to go to Normandy, and we spent Norm- on D-Day on Normandy Beach. And on this Independence Day... You know, it provided us great perspective, as you mentioned. We're over, you know, 240 years since our country has declared independence, and I think in a lot of ways, particularly our, our younger uh, generations, including my my kids, we take a lot for granted, and our independence is one of those. And to stand, you know, begin today at Point Du Hoc and look down that cliff that those you know brave rangers were uh, crawling up to take out the. Uh, German pillboxes and, and cannons on the beach there, uh, just provided a perspective of what people have sacrificed since the beginning of our country to give us what we take for granted. And uh, it was an amazing trip uh, to see you know where, that, where the Rangers started, and we, we followed their path uh, from Normandy to Bastogne in Belgium, uh, across uh, Luxembourg you know, into Germany, and ended up in Austria. And along the way certainly saw even more sacrifice um, that was uh, made by those troops but then also understood how a country without independence um, can really impact its people as we stopped at back Dach- Dachau and looked at the work camp concentration camp there and you know just really provided a great perspective and when I got back and uh, I told uh, my wife and a lot of my friends Every American between the age of 18 and 24 right now uh, needs to go and get that perspective, and probably some of us older uh, Americans as well.
0: Absolutely, and uh, I'm glad you had a chance to do that. Normandy is on my bucket list of things that I do want to do. I had a similar experience just a couple of weeks ago, about 10 days ago. I had a day off and uh, went with a friend of mine up to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. I'd never been to Gettysburg before, and it's only about 70 miles outside of Washington, D.C., and I stood at the location where Pickett's Charge took place, and I stood in the location, they don't know the exact location, but within a couple of feet, is where Lincoln read the Emancipation Proclamation, and it almost, it gives you chills just to think about what took place there in the case of Gettysburg when uh, Today actually is the anniversary of the last day of the battle, and the same feeling I'm sure you had in Normandy.
1: Absolutely, and like you said, you know, we've we've learned through the history books uh, about you know Gettysburg, about Normandy, and you know we think we know what it means, but there's something about being there in person, uh, and the feeling you get, and the perspective you get when you you try to put yourselves in the shoes of of the soldiers um, that were facing down the enemy right there, and then oftentimes in such close proximity. You know, we see it on film, uh, we see it on TV, we see it in pictures, and it's not quite as real unless you're there.
0: I heard a story yesterday, I was listening in the radio to uh, Dan Rather's uh, show here on Sirius XM on uh, Andy's channel, and was listening to that, and he was telling the story of uh, Joshua Chamberlain, who's a Medal of Honor recipient, who on the last day of the battle at Gettysburg, very, very outmanned, uh, tremendously outmanned, uh, told his told his soldiers, fix bayonets and led a charge against uh, General Lee's forces and managed to hold that, uh, that spot at Pickett's Charge. And you really realize the courageousness of men like him and also those men who got off of those little boats and uh, stormed the beach. And the Germans had the high positions with the machine guns and the artillery and could really do a lot of damage. And these men stepped off these little boats into the water and, uh, and stormed the beaches. It's, it's stunning. And then also to visit President Eisenhower's house up at Gettysburg, you really realize the, the incredible
1: courage that these men showed. Absolutely. And, and the perspective it puts uh, in for us. I mean, as I say you, you have a bad day in the office, you have a bad day out on the road, you have a, a rough uh, time at a receiver. Um, you know, those things are things we can all live with. Putting your life on the line for others um, is something that it's really hard to fathom. And it's amazing that the number of Americans that have done that since the beginning of our country, and we certainly owe them all a debt of gratitude. We certainly do on this Independence Day.
0: Glad to have you. Your thoughts on that at 10 minutes after the hour, almost now 11 minutes after the hour here on XM, Road Dog Trucking News, a live edition for an Independence Day at 18888762336. Joining us on the phone from Nebraska, Tim Ashkoff, President and CEO of Crete Carrier, a very very well known company in that part of the country and also a national company as well. Tim, you uh, were telling also that. Uh, Just yesterday, you had a uh, meeting with the uh, Secretary of Transportation and and, uh, Senator Fisher about some very interesting discussions about infrastructure. Bring us up to date on that.
1: Yes, we were fortunate to have them, uh, both Secretary Chow and Deb Fisher, back home here in Nebraska. Uh, And the topic of the meeting was two things. Um, uh, First and foremost, uh, you mentioned infrastructure with some of the uh, um, Tiger Grant projects going on, one of them going on here in Nebraska, uh, actually uh, called the South Beltway around Lincoln. And it's really important for trucking in that for those of you drivers who have come up um, either I-29 and need to go, West on 80, or if you're coming east on 80 and need to go south on I-29, to stay on an interstate, you have to go probably about 100 miles out of route to go up through Omaha, or you have to come on some uh, two-lane and four-lane roads and go right through the heart of Lincoln. So um, they're building a south beltway around Lincoln, primarily you know, driven by truck traffic that will connect I-29 with a four-lane expressway. Um, From I-80 all the way across the bottom corner of Nebraska and save about 100 miles out of route to to stay on an interstate four-lane system So very exciting project uh, for us here in Nebraska obviously, but for those drivers who drive Across country or regionally throughout the Midwest will be important link for them uh, To help them save miles uh, save time and and avoid having to come right through the heart of Lincoln So that was one of the topics but probably broader topic um, that maybe a little bit longer tail here is Uh, The new program that the FMCSA uh, announced, um, that was in the FAST Act of 2015, which is a pilot program for, uh, if they call it, the military under 21. So allowing those people that are in the military, whether active or guard or reserve, to, while they're um, in the military, uh, while they're in the guard or reserve, to actually get a commercial driver's license and allow them to drive across state lines. Which, as you know, right now, um, anyone under the age of 21 is only able to drive in trust state. Uh, and the heart of the program, which is is interesting, because you know you've you've talked about it before, and I know that it's been an industry topic, is do we will allow um, individuals under the age of 21 to drive across state lines? And you know, some of the challenge with that is the perceived safety aspect and the perceived um, responsibility aspect. So. Deb Fisher and her staff um, came up with in 2015 and got it into the FAST Act, a program that says, well, let's, let's get some data and let's show to the public uh, whether it is truly uh, there's a difference in safety or a difference in responsibility with someone under the age of 21 or over the age of 21. And I liked how she was thinking in that. She said, what better group to start with than those that are in the military? Uh, they have a sense of responsibility, as we just talked at the top of the hour here, of service and responsibility to country, but also our use of safety, regulation, and otherwise. And so let's use military members that, in the military, their mode of operation is heavy driving heavy equipment or trucks, and test. If we put them out with a motor carrier, like Creek carrier, and monitor them, what's their level of safety and what's their level of responsibility? compared to drivers that are between the age of 21 and 26. So they've been working on this program for a couple of years and um, have worked heavily with the military to say, how would it work on your end? And now the the announcement was made that that work is complete, and now they're going to start working with carriers to say, hey, can we get partner carriers, can we get input from carriers on how a program would work like this, and take the next step and actually get some of those drivers, um, uh, those military members. That want to eat mostly garden reserve folks because uh, they're the ones who, under the age of 21, have an opportunity to have another job. Get them out on the highways with the CDL with proper training, but proper monitoring and gather some data.
0: And that's exactly what I was just going to ask you. I was reading my story, you know, the story from my colleague Eric Miller here at TTNews.com, and I was saying that if you're 20 years old and you're in the, uh, the armed forces, you're probably still serving. So this is primarily targeted at reservists, you believe?
1: It is, and one of the things that was educational to me about the meeting um, yesterday was uh, in the military, both in uh, the Army and the Air Force, which have the biggest reserve and guard components, um, the logistics part of, of the military is mostly handled by reserve units um, because obviously our, our forward combat units are active duty soldiers. They need to be you know, always at, at any moment's time on the top of their game. And so the the, large, the largest component of, of the reservists are actually in the logistics elements, and so we have a lot of drivers in those units, and they also have a need for more reservists and National Guard members that are drivers. So um, it's almost a, it was enlightening to me that this is something that can benefit both uh, our U.S. military as well as the trucking industry, in taking those individuals. Say you have a you know someone coming out of high school wants to go into the military um, and guard or reserve, but also obviously wants to start a good occupation at the same time. Uh, obviously, we know truck driving is, can be one of those good occupations. Um, obviously, things, a lot of great things have been happening in the last you know, five years, but certainly even in the last 12 months to make it even a better occupation. So if we could pair up with the military and help solve their problem and saying, yes, you have people that want to come into the military but need another good job while they're not on... The reserve duty um, trucking is a great place for them.
0: Do we have any idea, Tim, how many people could be eligible for this type of program? Is it a pretty large pool of, of, of possible candidates?
1: It is. There's over uh, you know there's over 470,000 uh, individuals in the reserve, as as if I recall correctly yesterday, and, and as I mentioned, a large component of the reserve is uh, transportation heavy equipment operators. Um, you know, immediately eligible just for the test and there were
2: some, some requirements for that and certainly would be more eligible as they roll the program out. I
1: think they said there are over 4,000 reservists just immediately eligible, and they were talking about using 200 in the test. And so um, there's there's a big pool for, for us to start testing, and then certainly the goal would be is as the test rolls out, if it looks successful, um, to grow that eligible pool to, you know, not only the 470,000 in the reserve, but to the National Guard. And certainly there are a few members of... Uh, at 18 and get out of 20, short time window there, but could start driving under the age of 21 as well. So um, a fairly large pool, and certainly, as I mentioned, they want to grow uh, that reservist pool as well, and so it's a potential to grow the pool even more.
0: Drivers, if you're interested in this story, go to ttnews.com. I'm looking at the story from my colleague Eric Miller that he wrote yesterday, which explains a lot of the details in this and really gets into the, really deep into the weeds. So this looks at something as though that could be up and running as soon as it gets through the the FMCSA rule period and the like, and then the other things it does in terms of uh, the regulatory situation. This looks like it could be something that could be starting relatively soon.
1: Yes, absolutely, uh, and you know the, the good thing is the secretary um, seems motivated and certainly had FMCSA staff and, and we had the adjutant general from uh, the um, Guard and Reserve forces here in Nebraska as well as uh, the two major generals from um, both the Reserve and the National Guard, and they're, they're fully engaged, ready to go, and so um, as soon as the FMCSA can take the next steps, partner with those carriers. Uh, get the, get the pilot test rolling. Um, you know, we're, we're happy to, happy to get it moving, exciting to see results. Um, you know, I, I have always had the perspective of, uh, you know, somewhat mixed at the beginning here, as I looked at this saying, you know, really should somebody that under the age of 21 be driving? And as I, as I thought about it more, it's, it's really who is the right individual, um, because, um, I'll be honest, I've got an 18 year old and I'm like I don't know if that's the, uh, that's the right occupation for them, but okay. a lot of it is does go back to do they have a sense of responsibility, set, sense of safety? and a program like this can help vet out those right individuals. And, and then I get to thinking about it more under our current rules. You know, here in Nebraska, we're a long state. Um, We can have somebody under the age of 21 drive from Omaha to Scott's Bluff, which is over 450 miles, but they can't drive from Omaha to Council Bluffs, which is just across the Missouri River. So so there has to be a better mechanism uh, also to allow younger drivers to uh, help get experience, um, whether it's giving them an operational region of 300, 400, 500 miles from their home location or otherwise, too. So I think there's a lot of things we can do including this military program, Uh, to help get younger um, drivers into the workforce.
0: Drivers, the board is starting to light up with calls, and we'll begin taking your calls after we have a break at 20 and 50 here on SiriusXM Road Dog Trucking News. Our guest is Tim Ashoff, the President and CEO of Crete Carrier. To qualify for this program, this pilot program, you have to be 18, 19, or 20. You have to have military training and must be in one of seven military occupational specialties. They are Army Motor Transport Operator, Army Fueler, Air Force Vehicle Operations, Air Force Fueler, Air Force Pavement and Construction, Navy Equipment Operator, and Marine Corps Motor Vehicle Operator. And of course, there's more on this story at ttnews.com. Look for Eric Miller's byline. There's a lot of information on that. More with our guest Tim Ashoff coming up. But first, let's take our first break at 21 minutes after the hour of 2 o'clock Eastern Time for traffic and weather together.
3: Live on the trucking industry, it's Road Dog
0: Trucking News. And drivers, we're at 2.25 Eastern Time on Independence Day for 2018. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Dan Ronan filling in for Mark Willis. Mark has the day off. He'll be back with you again tomorrow after a day with his family and a chance to spend some time probably barbecuing in very warm Dallas, Texas, very warm across most of the country. Talking this afternoon with Tim Ashoff, the president and CEO of Crete Carrier. He's on the Newsmaker Line with us from... Omaha, Nebraska. We appreciate him taking time out of his day to talk with us here on Independence Day. And as I said, the lines are open at 1 876 2336. 1 876 2336. Let's go to Tom in New York. Hi, Tom, you're on the air.
2: Hey, good morning. Uh, good afternoon. Happy 4th. Thank I just you, Tom. make some clarification to a couple of the comments. And I know you're trying to be basic on what you're putting out to the audience. <clears throat> When I was 37, I put my trucking business on hold, and I went into the Army Reserve as 88 Mike, which is Motor Transport Operator. I did my eight months of basic training, and then I was already MOS into my reserve unit, so I didn't have to go to AIT. That's advanced, uh, advanced training. Said, um, your timeline for the younger soldiers, because I was a, I was a private first uh E-4, a corporal, and most of the sergeants I ran with were the motor carrier drivers. Mm-hmm. So there is, there is some timeline of going from basic training to advanced training. Then you get to your unit. Then you have to be retrained on the particular truck that you're licensed to. You mm-hmm. don't automatically come out of AIP and jump in a unit and drive Certified from your two-and-a-half-ton, five-ton, ten-ton, or low-bed, whatever truck you're driving. So the timeline from 18 to 20 gives you a couple of years for your training, so it's not automatic that you get your truck license as soon as you hit that reserve unit.
0: It sort of sounds like like an apprenticeship, doesn't it, a little bit? Tom, are you there?
2: Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead.
0: I said it sort of sounds like an apprenticeship, Ben.
2: Yes, it is. Um, like I said, uh, you know... I was, uh, my AGRs, which is active guard reserve guys, pushed me through to get the licenses so I could drive in the unit, and when I was in there, less than six months in a reserve unit. Now, when you have guys coming off active duty as the motor transport operators to finish their time in service, they will go to a reserve unit, and usually they get sort of pushed to the line to get on the truck because of seniority versus younger soldiers learning to come up through the ranks. And I was in an engineer unit, so we had medical, we had horizontal, we had vertical, um, you know, we had our officers, so there's all different components. And I did some other stuff outside my MOF with my sergeants because they knew that I could handle that um, when their, you know, their soldiers were on deployment for some other that they were doing. So I just hey, wanted to throw that in
0: there. Tom, very much. We appreciate your comments and appreciate your contribution to the show this afternoon. Tom joining us from New York. We appreciate that. Tim, any thoughts on that?
1: No, I think he makes two great points that were addressed by the, uh, the two of the major generals yesterday, and one is that um, the people that would be part of the pilot have gone through much training and apprenticeship, as he mentioned. So uh, for them to be qualified to, to drive with some additional training from a motor carrier to adapt them to the commercial world versus the military world, it will take training, but, but there's a comfort level that there's been a, a great deal of training and apprenticeship done already. And then the second piece of that is I, I think, yeah, at least as I understood the discussion yesterday is that, that timeline that he mentioned the, the military is looking at because it can be a lengthy timeline um, meaning you know like as he mentioned i think you know 6 12 18 months for certain um, um, benchmarks along the way the military is looking at and how can they accelerate some of that um, so we could have this program running you know concurrently uh, and not take as long uh, and i think that's a recruiting aspect for them as well because as i mentioned before they would like to say if you're interested in driving as a career as well as the military, uh, let's ensure that we can we can have that more on a dual course. So uh, I think they're looking at some of those timelines as I understand it. Sounds like a great
0: program, and we will be taking your calls, drivers, at 1-888-876-2336. That's one eight 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 seven six two three three six. Tim is with us for the entire hour up until 3 o'clock East Coast time. But as we come up to 2.30 Eastern, let's take a pause at the bottom of the hour for news and weather. Live and up to the minute, this is Road Dog Trucking News. We are exactly at 24 minutes before 3 o'clock East Coast time, drivers. Happy Independence Day, 4th of July. 2018. This is Dan Ronan filling in for Mark Willis. Mark will be back with you here tomorrow here on Channel 146. We're taking your calls, drivers, at 1-888-876-2336. Again, that's 1-888-876-2336. Joining us from Omaha, Nebraska, Tim Ashoff, the president and CEO of Crete Carrier, a number of topics that we are discussing. And let's go to Bob in Illinois. Hey, Bob, you're on the air with Dan and Tim. Hi, Tim. The
4: question I've got is, has Crete looked at being a motor carrier that might participate in the 18 to 21-year-old driver program, and in doing your research, what have you found about insurance rates for
0: I think Bob is a good friend. There we go. Bob, we're having a little trouble with yourself. Just hang with us. What was your question again? Just repeat it again, please.
4: What insurance rates has Carrier or Crete found that they're getting quoted for 18 to 21 year old drivers?
0: Two great questions. Tim, you want to take a crack at those?
4: Yes,
1: sir, certainly. First of all, uh, as Crete, yes, we're interested in working with the, the Secretary of Transportation as well as the members uh, of the armed forces to, to help push this program along provide uh, a program where we can have some of these uh, qualified individuals work uh, over the road for us, uh, train them, give them the additional training required by the program. And so yes, we're, we're doing that. We, we are part, we are working hand in hand with the military now. We are a VA approved apprentice pro, uh, company and we do have that program for those exiting the military Use their uh, some of the benefits they receive that to get the additional training with us. So we're working hand in hand with them now and look to continue to do that. As far as insurance rates, you make a really valid point. Um, two things, I think, to be known. Companies like us, so Creek Carrier of our size, we typically self-insure uh, to meet the requirements of the Federal Motor Carrier Administration for insurance. So it's really up to us to decide: Are we willing to take on uh, this program and the risk that goes along with it? And certainly, with the right individuals, um, those that are in the military have that sense of responsibility. As uh, the Adjutant General mentioned yesterday, these are these are people that are relatively healthy. Uh, they're interested in a in a career that that is uh, somewhat disciplined. It requires. Um, there to be a level of respect and certainly safety key to everything they do in the military. So the right individuals. So we as a company are looking at and saying, look, with our qualifications, our training program on top of theirs, we're comfortable with the risk with the right individual. So that's going to be the key. And then working with the military is to get the right individuals. But the point you're making is there are other companies that aren't self-insured and they will need to work with their insurance companies. I think it's going to go even for those insurance companies that, them saying okay what is going to be the qualifications how are you going to monitor these folks and let's see the safety results with a limited number first and after that uh, we'll try to work hand in hand with you on what that means um, uh, going forward but yes you make a good point on insurance will be an issue that we all need to overcome.
0: Bob anything else for Tim while you've got uh, the you've got the floor here?
4: Sure the I had a a fascinating conversation with the CEO of a major insurance underwriter that writes liability and property damage coverage. His comment after he stopped laughing was his company will never write coverage to 18 to 21-year-olds because of their claims history with existing drivers, 18 to 21, driving state." In fact, his company has stopped writing coverage for drivers under 25. Now, they specialize in, you know, small fleets, but, you know, in one operation, one truck operations. So a big question will be is it may be only the larger self-insured carriers that can afford to hire these new drivers due to the insurance coverage.
0: Hey, Bob, great call. Thank you very much. I want to let Tim address that. Very good. Thank you, Bob.
1: Yeah, I I don't know that it comes as much to affording it, but I think it goes back to the point of the pilot program is about uh, safety. And I think what we want to work with, uh, I mentioned the DOT and the military services with, is to show uh, is there any difference in safety with the right individuals with the right background? So if they've gone through the training in the military and we determine what type of training then the motor carrier needs to give. They go through all of that. Is there, in fact, a higher risk or not? And that's the whole point of the pilot program, because we're going to compare those individuals to those that are between the ages of 21 and 25, I believe it is, maybe 26, and compare the safety of those two groups. If the pilot does show that there is an increased risk, well, then we probably have to rethink things. And, and you're right, the uh, insurance companies probably are not going to say, I'm not going to take on an increased risk. But the feeling is we need to go through the pilot program uh, and see if that's uh, in actuality true for the individuals that were qualifying and getting the training that's intended.
0: Tim, how are drivers doing those that we know who are in that age bracket who are driving intrastate?
1: So from our experience, what we do see is with um, um, some younger drivers, and and this is there's two things that I think you can look at in a younger driver first of all they're they're younger in age but that they don't have as much experience in driving and we see things um, with drivers that don't have as much experience no matter the age we see a little higher frequency in accidents but not as severe of accidents so they're not uh, they're they're not great at backing yet they're they, they they're not used to um, how the trailer tails a little bit yet so they have some of those smaller types of accidents um and more frequently but some they don't have the severity of the accidents uh, we see a little bit the same then with the younger drivers so when you combine the two um you know that that's what you're seeing in our experience a little bit higher frequency of accidents but not the severity
0: great point great point let's go to canadian driver canadian driver in canada hello you're on the air
3: yes sir uh, just wanted to weigh in a little bit the um this 18-year-old and the uh, pilot program is going to run with the with the military. Um, my concern is when you take a very young person, take the structure away with, from from them, they are by themselves. You get them lost in a tight area. Where they're dragging a 53-foot trailer behind them. Are they going to be able to control their emotions enough to stay calm enough to do the right thing? Okay, the structure's gone. Their military structure's gone. That's the, that's the one thing I see in this whole thing.
0: Do you think, do you think Canadian driver, that is someone who's been in the military for a couple of years, I mean, I know a lot of folks in the military, and it always seems as though that, that training, that experience remains in their DNA, even in civilian life.
3: Yes, it does, but the structure is gone. Like the little, the, the chain of command is gone. They're they are by themselves now. They are lost summers dragging a fifty-three foot trailer behind them that you can barely get around the corners if you were thinking straight.
0: So there's no longer a sergeant barking at them to do what they need to do.
3: Correct. The uh, I, I consider myself an experienced driver. I've been at this about fifteen years now. Um, I will get into situations in a city where I can barely get her through the light bulbs, and it's almost full-blown panic. The only thing that keeps me doing it is experience, because I know you got to you got to sit and be calm and look at what. You do. No, you're going to be dragging fire hydrants, etc., behind you. The, the, this is experience. I don't think you can take an 18-year-old and give them a CDL, and turn them loose, and have good results. For the simple reason, experience comes with wisdom and age.
2: Okay, good
0: point. I'm going to let Tim take a track at your of your question. And yeah. very, very good, good call, Canadian driver of calling us from Canada. We appreciate it. You can listen to the response off the air. Go ahead, Tim.
1: Yes, a very good valid point again. And again, the reason, uh, exactly the reason for the pilot program is, is just that. We want to see the characteristics that somebody has gone through the military, what they've developed, as you mentioned, discipline, structure, uh, but also calmness under fire, so to speak. So if you get in one of those situations uh, out on the road, how do they react and what structure does a carrier like Crete have to have to help uh, help those people in those situations? That's the whole point of the pilot program. And that's why, to be honest with you, they want many different carriers to be in this. So they're they're talking about 200 uh, people initially, and they want maybe 40 to 50 carriers. So you're talking about four or five with a carrier per carrier, and then you're getting input from carriers on what structure are they going to have, what training are they going to have, so that through throughout the pilot we see what works out there. Because, you know, I, I think about it. Nineteen or twenty-year-old that's been in the reserve for two years, had that structure, had that apprenticeship training, is with a carrier then that has a program that that carries that on um, out there in that situation, versus somebody who's fifty-five year old, fifty-five years old, went to a six-week truck driving school, got a CDL, doesn't have any experience, and he's thrown in the same situation. I, I don't know if age is the factor in that. Um, situation, as you mentioned, more than experience, discipline, have you been trained how to react in those situations? What do you do? And again, uh, we don't know how this is going to come out, but that's the point of the pilot program to see does that structure that they have, does the training they have, does the apprenticeship they have, along with then what a carrier provides, set them up for success in that situation.
0: Tim, I was reading a story in News.com the other day from a Bloomberg reporter, and it was, excuse me, I was reading a story in the Washington Post the other day uh, by a reporter talking about the driver shortage. And the reporter started the story by telling about this gentleman who had been an insurance agent who was realized that he didn't have enough money for his retirement and had decided to go out and get a CDL and had companies actively recruiting him and here's the kicker. The gentleman, with all due respect, was 87 years old and had companies out there saying, you know what, if you've got a medical and you're healthy and you've got a CDL, we'll hire you. So what's the difference at the top end, you know, in terms of experience, in terms of reflexes and all those things that are needed to be a great driver, as compared to someone who's at the age of 18, 19, or 20?
1: You know, that's a great, great point. I saw that same story. and, and the did, old, what old Did old that. it?
0: it Took me. I mean, I was 87 years old. I said, "Goodness, yeah. my gosh."
1: Yeah. So this whole thing goes back to we are in an industry that does not have enough qualified individuals to be, you know, the operators of, of commercial motor vehicles. So what is the best way to bring in qualified individuals that will be safe and successful? And so, you know, what's, what's the target audience for that? So that that's, you're, you're making a great point. Should it be people that have retired and are 65 plus? Or should it be people that have decided, I want to make my, you know, career a military career, I'm going through that training, and I'm getting the discipline, and I'm, um, you know, again, the, the, the major general pointed out, look, the people that you're looking at, they meet health qualifications for the military, they are drug tested regularly, they are trained to react in situations of stress. Uh, what's the right target target audience, them or, you know, other populations uh, out there? So, again, I, I think we have to look at, as an industry, we have to look at uh, all opportunities because we are so short on drivers, but then, you know, do the right thing to ensure we continue as a safe, reliable uh, industry out there i know
0: tim and real quickly i'm coming up against a break when i was in the motor coach industry i know that the the motor coach industry facing the same problems that the trucking industry is and there are a lot of guys safely driving motor coaches with passengers on them who are into their 70s and 80s and who are great drivers i mean you know no uh, no big deal there
1: absolutely you know we I still remember we had to, one of our drivers uh, uh, drove until he was uh, 83, I believe, he finally retired, and he had one of the best safety records uh, in our fleet. So it, this isn't you know, necessarily, again, about um, age uh, on either end. It's about the qualifications and the, and the experience of the individual Um, and how can we ensure we're we're making the right decisions on who we hire and then setting them up for success in our business.
0: Drivers, we are exactly at 10 minutes before the hour of 3 o'clock East Coast time, a fascinating discussion. The hour is going by very fast, and the board still has many, many calls on it. We'll try to get to as many as we can. Our guest is Tim Ashoff, the president and CEO of Crete Carrier, joining us on the line from Omaha, Nebraska, talking about this new federal pilot program. But as we, as I said, come up to 10 minutes before 3 o'clock, let's take our second break for traffic and weather together live and up to the minute this is road dog trucking news five minutes before three o'clock eastern time drivers on a live edition of road dog trucking news for independence day 2018 let's go to scott in georgia hi scott you're on the air
5: hi how you doing i want to uh say a little bit of experience here i went in the military when i was 17 and i got out when i was 30 on active duty um and i went um back in just recently into the National Guard because of my breaking service. Now, with that being said, um, I did get my CDL while I was on active duty, and when I got out, I drove full-time. But now what I'm doing all in the National Guard is I'm an instructor, and I see both the, uh, the young soldier before they go to training and when they come back. So the gentleman then called earlier about the 18-year-old being able to handle different conditions. I will say by what I see as an instructor, the transformation that they go through during their basic and AIT, just like I did, is a tremendous. You're not dealing with a normal 18- to 20-year-old person. I have often thought through the time, hoping that there could be a, a program like this offered, because I do think it will help the trucking, and it will help that younger individual get involved in something earlier in life than they would after they're 21 and 22 and struggling to find jobs. And then they're already getting involved in something that's going to pull them away from this industry. Uh, So I do think that overall this will be a a good situation and opens up the door for a a opportunity for a lot of uh, uh, individuals that are in the reserve and the guard to come into um, while they're, you know, uh, before they, turn that 21, and and some of them can't, the military does offer programs and and, uh, scholarships for them to uh, go to college, but some of them don't want it. So, with that being said, like I said, I do think that it is a good program to start um, because uh, the individual is more physically fit, um, and I've seen it on both sides of the coin um, because I've seen uh, throughout the 23 years I've been driving, I also have seen Older people in life come into the industry, well, that can still have the same struggle that somebody at 18 would. So that was just more or less of a comment that I am pretty much for this uh, to take place and happen.
0: Hey Scott, great call, and we appreciate your comments at one eight 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 seven six two three three six. Tim, you know, I just—I'm uh, fifty-eight. I don't think if I went out and got a CDL, I don't think I could do what these men and women do, even at the the age where I'm in life, and and I'm still in great health and great shape, and uh, I don't think I could do it.
1: Yeah, first of all, Scott, thank you for your service, and and he is echoing what the leadership uh, in the military is telling That's us in trucking in that. They truly believe that through this pilot program, when we compare the people that are going through the military training that he just mentioned and they're 19, 20, 21, uh, and we compare that group as a group of commercial motor motor vehicle drivers out uh, in the real world against a test group of 21 to 26 year olds that right now can, uh, under the regulations, go out there and drive as a commercial um, motor vehicle uh, driver. Across state lines, that we will see that the people that were from the military are at least as safe, if not safer, than that group of older individuals. They're very confident in that because of what um, Scott just mentioned uh, the training they get, the transformation they make. Uh, and, you know, we're talking about testing it against 21 to 26 year olds, but. I'm with you, (laughs) Dan. You can probably test it against uh, the 50- to 56-year-olds, and you might get the same.
0: I I don't think I can do it. Hey, Tim, where can we find you on the web?
1: We're out there at creekcarrier.com. You can go out to Facebook. We're at uh, Facebook. Uh, We're out there at Creek Carrier as well. Um, If anyone has any questions or would like to learn more about uh, what we have for uh, driver training programs and certainly any uh, military members, we have over 30% of our workforce is uh, former military, so we certainly know the value uh, of your experience and would like to give you a career at Creek Carrier or Schaefer Trucking.
0: Great. Thank you very much, Tim, for being with us here on an Independence Day edition of Road Dog Trucking News. And find out more about this pilot program, fmcsa.gov is the website to go to right there.